Welcome to the Microgreens Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Jonah Krokmalden. Together, we'll explore the art of turning tiny seeds into a thriving microgreens empire, sharing insights, coveted secrets, and strategic wisdom from building one of Canada's largest microgreens farms. Stay tuned for thought-provoking conversations with leading figures in the world of microgreens. On today's episode of the podcast, we are talking all about choosing your customers. I'm going to break down all the different potential sales outlets for your microgreens, including farmers markets, direct-to-consumer customers, retail stores, restaurants, distributors, and everything in between. I'm going to touch on the benefits and disadvantages of each sales channel and help you make well-educated and informed decisions for your business, whether you're a beginner or an expert microgreen grower. This is a really, really valuable episode, so let's get right into it. The first question you want to ask when you're trying to choose what customer type you want is, why is picking the right sales channel important? So it can drastically change the time commitment you make to different aspects of your business. So if you have sales, logistics, production, staffing, deliveries, uh, relationship management, all of these variables will change a lot depending on which customers you choose. So some customers, you may be spending more time on deliveries and relationship management. Other customers, you may be spending more time on production and staffing. Variables will change a lot depending on what customers you have. The profitability and scalability of your business will change depending on your sales channels. Some customers will be low volume, high margin, and others will be high volume, but low margin. And a really important question to ask during this process is how large do you want your farm to be? Picking the right customers for your size will allow you to meet the demand for those customers. So if you strive for big volume, but you don't have the space to grow that volume, then that customer type may not be the right fit right now, but might be when you get closer to securing a larger growing space. So let's get into the main different types of customers that you can have as a microgreens farm. So there's two main categories of customers. One, which is consumer-based customers, also known as B2C business to consumer and business-based customers, which is also known as B2B or business to business sales. So let's start with the B2C customer base. So you really have two main customers here. You have farmer's markets and direct to consumer delivery, also known as virtual farmer's markets. And then within the B2B or business to business customer base, you have retail stores, which include small stores like mom and pop shops, small independent health food stores, small specialty grocery stores, medium independent chain stores, and large chain stores like Walmarts and Kroger's. The other main category within B2B is food service. So those are things like restaurants, juice bars, caterers, hotels, conference centers, sports arenas. And the last B2B customer would be distributors. And those would either be food service distributors or retail distributors. So we're going to break down the benefits and disadvantages of each customer type so you can make the most informed and strategic decisions for your business. The great thing about business is that you get to choose who you sell to. So some people absolutely love working directly with chefs and find immense satisfaction in that. Some people love focusing on production and moving as much product as possible and feeding as many people. It's important that your customers you choose not only fit in with your business plan, but that you also enjoy selling to those customers. Because if you enjoy the work you do every day, it doesn't feel like work. And I think this is so important for farms because burnout is real. It is so critical to avoid burnout. 
In my opinion, it's the number one reason microgreens farms fail. If you enjoy working with your customers, you enjoy growing your food, it's a lot easier to avoid burnout. So let's start with B2C customers. So farmer's markets. So the main advantage of farmer's markets is the market research you can do. You learn so much about your customers. It's insane. You can find out what products sell best. You can test out new products and get immediate feedback from those customers. You can find out the reasons they're purchasing microgreens and use that in your marketing materials and be able to better target your customers in the future. Another big advantage of farmer's markets is prices are really good. So you're pretty much selling at full retail price to those customers and you're gonna get the full profitability of that. So the margins are very good. You get to interact directly with the people consuming your microgreens. And this can be really fulfilling to see the same customers each week and form relationships with those customers. It's also very satisfying to see someone come back the next week and tell you how much they love the microgreens that you're selling. And it's just, it's just a great feeling to have that connection with the customers that are directly consuming your product. And farmer's markets are fairly easy to get into. Even mid-tier farmer's markets are pretty easy to get into, but the top tier markets in your city or town can be difficult to get a spot in, which could be a disadvantage. Now let's move on to the disadvantages. The main disadvantage with farmer's markets is they are very, very time consuming. A market can be four hours long, plus travel, plus setup and takedown. You're talking about at least five to six hours of time commitment per market, which is a lot. They are much less scalable of a business model than other sales channels. So one farmer's market may be manageable, but scaling to two, three, and four is very difficult without burning out or hiring staff to be at those markets. And another disadvantage of farmer's markets is you have no idea how much you're gonna sell. You have no idea if it's gonna be uh, you know, warm weather, or it's going to be bad weather. If you live in areas with consistent warm weather, this may be less of an issue. But for most places, farmers markets will be seasonal. And if it's raining or bad weather, much, much less people will come out to the market. The last disadvantage that I see is there are fees associated with most farmers markets. And on top of that, the cost of displays. So you need a tent, you need tables, you need nice uh, aesthetic displays so that people come to your booth. So all these fees are um, part of the disadvantage of selling at farmer's markets. Next, we're going to move on to direct to consumer, which is also known as virtual farmer's markets. The main advantage of this sales channel is that you can sell the product online instead of in person, which saves a ton of time. So that four to six hours you're spending at farmer's markets could be used selling through Facebook ads or through, uh, Instagram posts and use that, that four to six hours to grow your business online instead of in person. Profit margins are very, very high with direct-to-consumer and you have less potential wastage than you would with a farmer's market, which is really great. A subscription model works really well to help customers purchase on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And it's very, very easy to acquire these type of customers. All it takes is to go on Facebook groups or to offer samples. And before you know it, you'll have a ton of direct-to-consumer customers. It's fairly easy to get customer feedback with forms or surveys with direct-to-consumer customers. Same thing with farmer's markets, but with um, virtual farmer's markets, you have their email contacts. So you can just easily send an email asking for feedback. It's a lot easier to do that uh, anonymous feedback over the internet than in person, because often people may not 
always want to be honest with their feedback. So having honest, real feedback is super, super important to move your business in the right direction. Another advantage would be that there's fairly consistent demand year round with little seasonal variability compared to farmers markets or restaurants. For these reasons, direct to consumer, in my opinion, is the best way to start a microgreens business with this type of customer for the reasons I just mentioned. Now, the disadvantages of direct to consumer customers is that customers may not be purchasing for the life of the business. So you may be running your microgreens business for five, 10, hopefully a lot longer than that years, and individuals tend to take breaks from purchasing the same niche products over extended periods of time, which means you'll be spending more time on sales and retaining or finding new customers and more time on marketing as well. There's a lot of logistical work in invoicing and doing deliveries since each direct-to-consumer order will probably average about $20. A lot of these small customers may lead to more back-and-forth emails and time spent managing customer relations compared to other sales channels which could be an advantage for some people that really enjoy the relationship building with their customers. Lastly, it's difficult to scale to be a larger scale microgreens farm due to the extra logistical and sales work that's needed for this customer base. Now let's move on to B2B customers. So we're gonna start with retail stores. So again, these are mom and pop shops, small independent health food stores, specialty grocery stores, medium chain stores, and the large chain stores that everyone knows of like Walmarts. So with retail stores, the biggest advantage is that you can move a large amount of product. Even with the smaller health food stores and specialty grocery stores, you can easily move between $200 and $1,000 per store. So this can add up to a lot of revenue very fast. It's actually very easy to work with retail stores once the relationship is built. So there's not much logistical work and drastically less than a business to consumer customer like farmer's markets or direct to consumer. Less time is spent on deliveries as larger volumes are dropped off at a single location to a single store. There's very consistent demand year round with little seasonal variability. Retail stores are by far the most consistent year round customer that you can have for microgreens. You can spend more time building the business so you can automate, to hiring, sales, strategic planning. With that time, you're not spending delivering, re doing relationship management, all that sort of thing. You can spend more of it building the business. For these reasons, retail stores are my personal favorite sales channel and allowed me to scale Living Earth Farm to become one of the largest organic microgreen farms in Canada. Now let's talk about the disadvantages of retail stores. So the margins are much lower than B2C customers. So each clamshell provides less profit than at a farmer's market or at a um, virtual farmer's market. So generally margins are quite high on microgreens. So this isn't a huge concern, but if you have a very manual setup where everything on your farm is done by hand, that extra labor can eat away at a lot of the margin when selling to retail stores because that margin is smaller than B2C. It's more difficult to get products sold in this sales channel. The larger the store or chain, the more difficult it will be to get into that store. So the mom and pop shops will be a lot easier and the stores like Walmart and Kroger's will be a lot more difficult to get into and often require a lot of certifications, whether it's food safety, uh, being certified organic. There's always, there's always something um, with those large stores that require extra work and extra time and commitment to be able to sell 
to those stores. But generally speaking, they're much, much less time consuming than B2C customers. Next, let's move on to food service. So again, this includes restaurants, juice bars, caterers, hotels, conference centers, sports arenas, et cetera, those type of customers. The main advantage of food service customers is they are fairly high profit margin. So they're, up, they're in between direct-to-consumer and retail. So they're less than direct-to-consumer, but they're more than retail. Fairly large volumes can be moved with the right customers in this space. So hotels, juice bars, and fine dining restaurants, you can sell anywhere between $100 and $400 per customer in this category. For those that love relationship building, this can be a big advantage when working with chefs. So less time is spent on deliveries as there's larger volumes are dropped off than direct-to-consumer customers. And it can be a great marketing opportunity to have your farm name included in menus, whether that's a juice menu or a fine dining restaurant promoting local farms. It's a great potential uh, collaboration and partnership that you can have with these type of customers. Now, the disadvantages of food service is there's much more logistical work than retail. You're going to spend more time delivering, more emailing back and forth with orders with chefs. And by far the biggest one, just with the restaurant industry in general, is it is notorious for not paying invoices on time. So more of your time will be spent chasing down payments. And this is on average. So there's obviously gonna be restaurants that are great to work with, but just the industry as a whole generally has a tendency to not pay their bills on time, which means that you may not get your uh, invoice paid in a reasonable time. And I've experienced this, and most farms I know that sell the restaurants at some point have experienced this. So generally more niche varieties will be requested to be grown, at, especially at restaurant customers. This can be less scalable as more testing and less automation can be put in place with these more unique and specialized varieties. For example, some crops will need three to four weeks to grow instead of one to two weeks. Some will need light to germinate. Some will need specific cool temperatures to, to grow. So there's just a lot more variability and makes it more difficult to manage production. You're gonna have more seasonality than with retail customers. And of course, this depends on where you're located. So if you're in a Southern climate, the winter will likely be your busier season. And if you're in a Northern climate, the summer will likely be your busier season. Now there are places that have very unique situations where there's tourism in the summer. And then there's, for example, a ski season in the winter that you'll have year round consistency with restaurants, but that's it's not as common as it is the norm. So this seasonal variability can actually reduce your grow space utilization, which pretty much means you need more growing space to reach your profit goals. So if you have a busy summer season and then you have a slow winter season and all that space that's kind of sitting there in the winter months underutilized will actually make your costs more expensive. So it's always best to be close to full capacity from a cost perspective. So if, for example, uh, you're paying rent, uh, in the summer months, you're paying $1,000. In the winter months, you're paying $1,000. But it's spread over half the amount of trays in the summer In the summer months than the winter months, let's say as an example, um, then the cost of rent per tray will be double, which can be a problem from a cost perspective. Um, so you want to always try to strive to be find a balance between these customers to be close to full capacity. Um, but this is a goal to strive towards, and picking the right customers can help achieve this but it's not always practical to be close to full capacity year round uh, as much as I wish that um, that would be the case for most farms. And lastly, we're gonna to touch on distributor customers, which can be either food service customers or retail distributors. So the advantage of distributor customers is by far volume, 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 volume. 
you will move a ton of product with distributors. This is where the big players in the food scene sell to. Farms like Aero Farms or Plenty, they sell to distributors because this is where they can move a ton of product because they are bigger farms. Almost all of the logistical work is done for you with these distributors. So you can spend the majority of your time growing the business with production, sales, hiring, R&D, et cetera. And it practically eliminates delivery with just a few large drop-offs at those distribution centers. And even some distributors will pick up product directly from you, which just makes life so much easier when you're working with these type of customers. The disadvantages of distributors is they can be very difficult to work with distributors. So it can be very hard to get a distributor as a customer. Timing can be everything in this. So if you do want to work with distributors, consistency is absolutely key. Reaching out every three to four months to touch base works really well. And often the right timing will allow the relationship to form. It often just comes down to timing. Margins are by far the lowest in any sales channel. So while you're going to move a lot of volume, you're not going to make that much per unit or per, per clamshell. And you really got to know your numbers well to sell in this category, because if you misunderstand your numbers, this at scale can lead to low or negative margins, and you could be losing money on your product and not even recognizing it because um, you really have to know your numbers with such thin margins like you would be with distributors. So I hope this information helps you make more informed strategic decisions for your farm, whether you're planning to start a farm soon or expanding your existing business or even pivoting to a more suitable customer type for you. I have found that a mix of these customers is really great as diversity is key in avoiding big risks. As an example, if you're only selling to restaurants when COVID started, your sales might've been zero. But if you balanced out food service customers with retail customers, you would have had a much easier time riding out all those waves of closures that happened uh, a few years ago. So thanks so much for listening and feel free to check out our website, microgreensconsulting.com. We just released an amazing free growing guide for microgreens. And whether you're a beginner or an expert, there's a ton of really great useful information in this guide. I'm excited for you all to check it out and grow some of the most nutrientally dense functional foods for your community. Thanks for tuning in to the Microgreens Mastery Podcast. To access a wealth of insights, just click the subscribe button, stay notified about each new episode, and enjoy all of this wisdom for free. If you're ready to supercharge your Microgreens business, visit microgreensconsulting.com for a gold mine of guides and resources. We've transformed thousands of Microgreens businesses, and you're invited to join the success story. Let's stay connected. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok at Microgreens Consulting for exclusive content and expert tips and wisdom. If you found this episode insightful, please leave us a review, spread the word, and let's share Microgreens magic with the world. Until next time, let curiosity fuel your growth and may happiness be your harvest. Happy growing, everyone.